The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, let's get right to the top of the ninth inning and what I believe is Nettio's first major gaffe of the season as manager of the Royals. Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. It's your dish for Game 1 at Seattle with the Royals dropping a pitcher's duel one to nothing. And first of all, let's tip the cap to Iwakuma. I hate that phrase, tip the cap. But tonight, I think you really could. He was absolutely lights out for Seattle. Uh, Eight shutout innings, four hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. The Royals had only four base runners in eight innings against him. That sinker was working. He seemed to get stronger as the game went on, too. So Iwakuma, first of all, tipped the cap to him. He shut the Royals down. I think it was a lot more him than it was the Royals. I'm not going to get too upset tonight about the offense for that reason. But uh, I am going to get upset about the ninth inning. There was two managerial decisions that I didn't agree with. First of all, Lloyd McClendon pulling his starter after 93 pitches. I do understand that he struggled in his last outing against Houston. Threw only 81 pitches. So you did up him 12 pitches today, but man. You get a chance for a shutout. You only have a one-run cushion. And the Royals, the last couple of innings, were looking even more flayless and more hopeless than they had the entire game. But thank you, McClendon, for pulling you, Akuma. I did not agree with that. And it looked like it was going to work out big time for the Royals, didn't it? Because Fernando Rodney came in, and the Royals seemed to always do pretty well against him back to his Detroit Tigers days. I know he's pretty tough with the, with the Rays, but... You know, it's somebody that the Royals seem to always do well against. Maybe I'm just remembering his early career with the Tigers when he couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. And that's how we came out throwing tonight. Four-pitch walk to Alcides Escobar starting off the ninth. I'm just rubbing my hands together. I'm sitting there clapping, and I'm thinking, wow, this is set up perfectly. You know, we've got a guy on base who gets thrown out about once every two years trying to steal. You got a pitcher on the mound who has an 84% steal rate against him, meaning that 84 out of 100 times in his career, base runners and attempted steals make it. So you've got one of your best base runners on base against a pitcher who can't hold base runners, against a pitcher who can't throw a strike. Oh, and on top of that, you have one of your best bat handlers up there in Nori Aoki, a guy that you could hit and run with, a guy you could take with, try to draw a walk, a guy you could take some pitches and let Escobar steal. So pitch one to Aoki, of course, is ball one, right? So that's five pitches, five balls for Fernando Rodney. Escobar standing at first. I'm thinking, okay, Aoki squared to bunt in that first one. He's just doing that to draw the first baseman in so Escobar can steal. And then the second pitch, Aoki bunted. Escobar to second, and the Royals gave away an out on the road with three outs to go down by one with a runner at first against a pitcher with an 84% success rate in stealing, against a base runner in Escobar that gets thrown out about the same amount of time I make out with a good-looking girl about once every two years. <laughs> it's Everything's lined up perfectly. The guy can't throw a strike, and you give him an out. Ned, no. Runner at second, nobody out. Okay, I can buy it. You're supposed to play for the win on the road, but you know what? You can play for the tie with the Royals' bullpen being pretty good. This year, and of course, lights out last year. I'll give Ned that, the runners at second. But you do not, with three outs to go, give away an out, Ned. At least in my opinion, to bunt that runner to second. Not when you've got a guy who can steal second easily against Fernando Rodney, A. Not when you've got a guy that could just stand up there and take and probably draw a walk in Noria Oki. And not when you've got a perfect hit-and-run combination. you got first and third written all over with that combination. The way Aoki can slap the ball around, the way Escobar can run. 
that had first and third written all over it. And then it's just like when that bunt went down, I do know that Rodney went on to walk the next hitter, Eric Cosmer, but it just it seemed like that was a big sigh of relief for the Mariners and really kind of took the wind out of the sails of the Royals. I just think you go for the kill right there. It's not even really going for the kill because it's not really that risky. You know, if you send Escobar in a hit and run, you know, or even a straight steal, even if you just sit up there and, and, and take some pitches, Rodney only had one pitch that was close to Escobar leading off there. Four-pitch walk, three pitches were way out of the zone. That first one was up and in to Aoki. Almost hit him, really, when he scored the bunt there. I mean, Rodney, four out of five pitches wasn't even close. You could, you could stand up there and take if you wanted to. And then at one strike, you could steal or you could do some hit and run. I just, I just don't understand why you give away an out right there with a guy who can't hit the side of a barn in the ninth inning down by one with a runner at first in that combination. I don't get it. But that's how it happened. Um, I can see Ned's reasoning. You've got uh, you know Eric Cosmer coming up, Billy Butler, Salvador Perez. I understand you've got your RBI guys coming up, but I just don't think that you give away an out in the American League down by one on the road to move a runner to second when you've got that combination of, of stealing and hitting ability, the hit and run ability to play. I don't agree with it at all. So I'm a guy that's backed Ned Yost 99% of the time this year and in the past, and I think a lot of the criticism for him is completely unfair and unfounded and just ridiculous. But tonight, I, tonight I'm okay criticizing Ned. I, I, I'm sure he's second-guessing himself. I understand what he was thinking. I do understand it. But I just disagree with it strongly, and I think it changed that whole ninth inning. So anyways, things turned out. Eric Hosmer walked. You got first and second, one out. Billy Butler never looked really comfortable at the plate. He was swinging at pretty much anything, and you had to figure after Rodney threw him, you know, three or four first pitches in the strike zone, that Billy was going to swing just about anything. He did strike out. Salvi ended up grounding out to end the game, and that was it. It just makes me wonder to think what would have happened had the Royals gotten Escobar to second with nobody out and or hit and run and or drawing a walk with Aoki there after five straight balls. Just, you know, baseball is a game that so much changes off of one pitch or one in or one inch or one decision. And I think that whole inning would have been different, but it wasn't the Royals lost one to nothing. We can't, you know, finish talking about this game without giving some big props to the Royals pitching tonight too. Danny Duffy. How about Danny Duffy tonight? Six strong innings, six plus innings to be exact. He had that hit batter, uh, Kelvin Herrera was able to come in though and bail him out of that trouble there in the uh, top of the seventh. So six innings, one run, two hits, three walks, four Ks for Danny Duffy. Kind of an inauspicious start, wasn't it? There, those first couple hitters, you had the leadoff walk and four pitches. You get down 2-0 to the next hitter. Duffy was able to come back, get that hitter, and then from that point on, it seemed like he was pretty much in control of that game. Granted, there were quite a few balls hit very hard. That is true. There was about five or six balls completely stung to center field that Kane made some nice plays on and that the ballpark helped hold. Um, but overall, you got to really, really tip your cap to Danny Duffy. He pitched really well tonight. And Kelvin Herrera, how about that? Coming in, like I said, bailing out Danny Duffy there in the bottom of the seventh. Two perfect innings out of the pin. Good to see for Kelvin, who's really been pretty strong this year. It's good to see that. Uh, what that also does now with, with uh, Jeremy Guthrie going eight innings a couple days ago, uh, James Shields getting you deep in the game for seven yesterday. And then tonight, you only have to use one reliever. The Royals have essentially 100% full-strength bullpen. Everybody but Kelvin Herrera is available tomorrow, and the Royals have an off day Monday. So you've got three days coming up and a pretty much completely rested bullpen. So that is good for the Royals moving forward. Now, tomorrow, they take on a right-hander who they should mash. If I, if I was in Las Vegas right now, I would lay a large sum on the Royals tomorrow. I think the Royals, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a near guarantee tomorrow night. I'll tell you why. Brandon Maurer is the right-hander they're facing. Not a guy who throws innings. You know, it'll be his, only his fourth appearance of the year. 13 innings from Maurer. 10 earned runs. 
15 hits, 5 walks, 10 Ks. So he's a guy that can get some strikeouts. You know, about 6.5-7 per 9 innings. But the guy's got a 6.92 ERA. Obviously, small sample size. But it's a right-hander. The Royals should be able to do well against after seeing a guy that was just lights out tonight. Because he really was. you got to give the Mariners hurler there a lot, of, a lot of credit. And you can see why he was a Cy Young candidate as recently as last year. So I like the Royals' chances of scoring some runs tomorrow. I really do. Three to five runs easy against this guy, against the Seattle ball club. And Jason Vargas, I think he will be able to shut down the Seattle offense tomorrow. The Seattle's been not exactly mashing the ball. Jason Vargas has come off a, a couple of rough starts. I think it's a good matchup for him, especially in that ballpark. Um, I just like that game tomorrow a lot. I really do. So I think the Royals will come back and even things up tomorrow. One other thing, I think they really missed Omar Infante tonight, by the way, in this matchup against Iwakuma with his short, compact swing up there, you know, spraying the ball the right side up the middle. He can do so many different things with the bat, you know, versus Valencia, who's done a great job this year against the lefties and throughout his career. But, you know, Valencia probably not the best matchup for Iwakuma, kind of a long swing, pull happy. A guy like Iwakuma is going to have a field day with him as he did tonight. Uh, so I think Omar Infante might have changed things a little bit tonight, too. With the Royals have won, I don't know. Does it matter? No, because he's a little bit banged up with the stiff back right now. Let's hope Infante's back in there tomorrow. That's a guy the Royals really need in that lineup to help stabilize the top of it, and you know, especially considering he's been the RBI man and the, and the team leader in basically most categories offensively. So hopefully Infante will be back out there tomorrow. That will help things out a lot. I like the Royals a lot tomorrow either way. It's a frustrating loss tonight, but... You can live with it because they faced a pitcher who has a legit track record, who's legitimately good. Um, again, I, I really, honest to God, feel like the Royals would have tied that game in the ninth inning or maybe more had they not bunted. But that was a choice made. It's not like it's a fireball offense or anything. You can understand why Yost did it. I just don't agree with it. I don't think it's the right move in that situation based on the steal percentage, the fact he can't throw strikes, etc. So that's it for tonight. We'll put this one in the L column. Hope the Royals can come out of this series with a sweet with a split. If they come out with a split, you know, it's a four and three road trip, brings them back home one under. And then they've got some a, a nice little run of home games. A nine game homestand, followed by three on the road and back home for three. So you I believe that's what it is. Twelve of fifteen games at home coming up. So you get out of this road trip one under five hundred, get a split in Seattle. You already missed Felix Hernandez. Iwakuma's out of the way. So two of the you know best three guys are out of the way now. I know the Royals don't have their best going in James Shields, but you do have Ventura going. You've got Vargas, who's due for a good game, and Guthrie's been pitching a lot better. I think Guthrie's a good matchup for them as well. So we'll see if the Royals can't get the split, come home, and do some damage with a string of home games at the K. Until tomorrow night, we'll have it for you again here on Davo's Dish Clubhouse Conversation. Thanks for listening. Go Royals!